0: I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're fighting for direct mail again today, and here we go. I was just on the ANA, and A on a a, a a data and analytics committee uh, committee meeting. Lisa Smith invited me to go to that, and uh, I've been working with Lisa since long, long ago, probably the 90s at the D, at the DMA, uh, where I was a frequent speaker and uh it's really refreshing I, I didn't know that that the ana had actually k- kept some of the you know the real direct marketing stuff and so um we're going to have to we're going to have to try and keep you informed of that along with our wdma um uh, activities here <clears throat> so i was really excited about that some great presentations and there's one later today which i'll be going back to um, it's break right now uh, for the uh, renaissance of direct mail i can't wait to hear that one from uh, donna blardi i think um <clears throat> it's going to be the presenter so that's going to be great uh anyway let's get over to the to the fun and here we go let's see if we can get this to work i always have challenges in the morning and here we go yeah hands free Hands free. And they're slapping him. He's trying to put his shoes on like he's used to, where he opens up the laces or something. But this is a different kind of shoe. I can't stop him. This is his, his box opening experience. <laughs> customer support. Here comes customer support. Aye. I'm just trying to put on my shoes. Just trying to put on my shoes now he accidentally stepped into one and now he sees how it works Bloop. they're hands-free i need some of these they're this is what free. i want okay so anyway <laughs> and the way it works is that there's extra support in the heel that is resilient and snaps back and so you kind of squish down the back and pop it pops right in right back up i have my son used to sometimes slip on my shoes and he used to do them that way but i have one pair of shoes that's carbon fiber and it's never been the same (laughs) just crushed it and now you have to use a shoehorn basically to get in them so what does this have to do with direct mail you ask i'm i was waiting for you to ask that question now we have to get over here to the story was kizik 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 that there's a someone's name goes with kizik and I don't remember what. Let's uh, let's find the... Let's, I have to be careful what I click. As you know, I just clicked the wrong thing. <clears throat> Was Kizik's digital first shoe brand made for brick and mortar stores? And um, my friend Deanne Campbell had comments. Of course, one store won't move this, the sale needle, but it will teach Kizik invaluable lessons they can use to grow more effectively into physical retail partnerships. And... Um, for those of you who don't know, probably none of you know, um, our first clients in machine learning uh, were actually retailers. Um, the Hudson Bay was our first big client, and uh, they were about a four-five, five billion, $5 billion retailer in Canada. The oldest corporation in the world, I think, continuously operating corporation in the world. And at the time, we were just getting dragged into building databases. And, um, and so that was quite an ordeal <laughs> it turned out their IT department hired us just to prove that we were wrong and put us out of business but we survived somehow or other then our next one was Cabela's and they were went on to be a retailer but at the time they only had one store and as as Deanne says they were uh, learning it was a it was more of a laboratory there in Sydney Nebraska um, so that they could kind of figure out retail. And then they put one um, in eastern Nebraska. And uh, and so they went on from there. We didn't realize that it was a, a real solid commitment Dick had to going public. Um, so uh, that's why he was hiring all these MBAs and such, which I thought were going to ruin the culture, which may ha- may have. But nevertheless, he went public stock never really went anywhere um, and then they got bought out uh, but anyway uh, so we've had we've had connections with retail I'm gonna share some uh, a case study of that but anyway so Kizik is a, a digital first shoe startup that sells a new kind of sneaker which lets wearers put the shoe on and take it off without unlacing it or breaking the heels upper part. Uh, in the process. Yeah, you don't break the heel. Okay, and they're opening up a new little retail store in <clears throat> Salt Lake City, which is their headquarters, and um, they're also going to put it in a few Nordstrom stores and move from being online only to uh, to try to figure out retail a little bit, and, uh, and what they're finding is that they're having fewer returns and an increased average order as people are actually able to try the shoe. And I think this is a absolutely brilliant strategy. And we'll we'll talk about that in the in the case study in a minute. Um and uh it turns out that uh that you can get some 30 plus percent increase in web traffic with in in areas where you have retail stores. And again I'll talk about that in a minute. Um one of the biggest problems with shoes um, is returns. And we did a little work with East Bay back in the day. And um, we were just starting to do machine learning. And then they got bought. Um, so shoes are the most returned item, uh, you know, because they don't fit right. And so there is an advantage <clears throat> to getting it out into the, into the real world, out of the digital world. Um, <clears throat> I did try buying some shoes from Tom's and I was a bit disappointed but basically they said well once you wear them outside then we won't take them back Uh, so I didn't know that and there we go so here's a more extensive uh, bit of Deanne's comments this was posted a post of hers on LinkedIn and she said um, that her direct consumer clients are concerned that they'll have to open physical stores Um, and uh, they've heavily invested in online tech, and they have little to spare for brick and mortar. And I know that's always a case, right? Because they, they, and and, you know, it's interesting because digital, it seems to me, has somewhat of a diminishing returns. You know, if you have a terrible website and you fix it up a little bit, you can improve your conversion. Uh, You may improve engagement a bit. You know, if you haven't done any email and you do some, you'll get a boost. But if you try to do it three times a day, people aren't going to like it. (laughs) You know, you can't make your customers feel more valuable by inundating them on digital. It just doesn't work. And as she points out, Amazon has had many retail failures. And so it's not that easy, right? And so she suggests diversifying connections to the customer in small, in many small ways Uh, and that will be more effective so she thinks it's really spot on uh, to think about doing a a pilot store um, and doing some kind of in in in-house or in-store stores uh, with Nordstrom's and uh, you know they might get a Dick's Sporting Goods might be another one they could partner with Nike is already a minority investor and so there may be a way to do that with Nike I think that their concept probably should be expanded beyond their own line and they should do licensing agreements Uh, it seems to me that um, and I think she mentioned uh, Allbirds was doing Nordstrom's also or that was the other article that would it seems like that would be a really great fit get it fit okay and um that that the allbirds style seems to be seems to be compatible with the with the Kizik's shoe touchless approach i really like that approach um and also hush puppies i think would be a good one if that's i know it i know it was almost dead my dad used to like hush puppies and then it came back uh which is featured in the tipping point uh i don't know if they're still around but that would be another one that you might want to, but um, we're so often told to fail fast, don't be afraid to take risks, and all that other BS no one can afford anymore, right? Well, I think I think testing is is crucial, and uh, companies who will do best are the ones who take many small steps rather than a big investment in one leap, right? And so thank you for that, Deanne. Now, let's get over to that. Uh, case study i promised you okay so here's uh here's a case study from love sack which is a furniture company uh that when we started with them in 2014 had about i think they had about 80 stores around the country okay and the president at the time who wasn't there a lot longer and the cfo both told me that if they could not open any more stores that they would be very excited about that they had, they had had enough and they were investing heavily in their, uh, in their uh, website and digital advertising. But um, they had started a little catalog, although the CFO told me that, you know, I asked him how the results had been and could they give me any, you know, list results or anything. And he said, no, there were no results (laughs) that had done terribly. And so I was brought in to kind of help that, uh, that case okay it was relatively high-ticket merchandise and uh, not something you buy every day and a mature website a wide variety of social media and um, then they hired Patrick um, the VP as a VP of marketing and he asked me John why would we mail to people who've already bought from us which was the main we didn't do any prospecting that I recall or very 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 small amount and so he said why would we mail to people who've already bought because our biggest problem is is lack of recognition. People don't know about our product. Once they find out about it, they're very positive. Um we compete well with Wayfair and with uh Williams Sonoma furniture uh in conversion. So I said, "You know, Patrick, that's a really great <clears throat> that's a really great question. Uh would you like the answer?" And he said, you can find the answer and I said yeah we can and he said well let's yeah let's find the answer again this is part of the t- test and try and do things before you before you heavily invest and before you shut things down you might want to gather as much information as you can from it and so we worked up a holdout test I explained that instead of mailing Everybody, all of the customer list we were planning to mail, will hold out 10% of that and we'll carefully select them so that they're a representative group across all strata. And we'll see how they do downstream versus the ones we mailed. And uh, it turned out that the catalog actually triggered about a 300% EBITDA EBITDA, uh, return on investment. So for every dollar or so we spent on the catalog, we got about $3 of bottom line profit after the cost of the mailing, the cost of goods, the cost of order processing and all that, um, overhead. And so I was very, very, he was very pleased. Um, it's not the greatest direct mail application. It's a complex sale It has a low number of customers. Let's click on here. But in the time we worked with them, they, they grew steadily, but then, uh, we kind of figured some stuff out in mail and they poured gas on it to their credit. We'll talk about that in a bit. They also, we also reallocated their, their catalog. The president told me that it was easier to sell more to existing customers than it was to, uh, find more customers. And she believed that she could, um, just do line extension. And her catalog, when I got there was 80% of the catalog space did 20% of the sales. And if you looked at margin, uh, it was, you know, they they were basically trying to sell things that Wayfair had for 25% less, and they were using pickup photography, so you could actually compare head to head against anybody online and find out that the, it was exactly the same and it was more expensive. <clears throat> and so we encouraged them to change the mix to things that were uh, making more money. <laughs> it's not, not rocket science, but it's important to, to think that way. That's a concept. Square foot analysis came out of retail. We. Sort of a square inch analysis or proportion, um, and here's the the catalog at the time, lamps, and this is their product but but this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, and uh, this isn't uh, so and this is just you know institutional space. Uh, we also did a study on the uh, on the sales the online sales and where they were coming from, and it turned out that web customers mostly came from near the stores (laughs) i know that doesn't sound shocking but you know just like people want to try on shoes people want to bounce on the on the furniture (laughs) see what it feels like right see how it works and so the vast majority of their online sales came from where there were stores and so the best move seemed to be let's try and drive more traffic to the stores uh here's a Here's the redesigned catalog a little bit, and you can see it's much more their products. These are all their products, and more description uh, and other things like that. Um, this is their product groupings, so that's not so all that interesting. So we we took the initial observation, which was that the the people were buying from the stores, and that they were not selling the items that were most of the catalog, and we changed the offer, right? We also did a little bit of modeling, and we tested that, and uh, we gathered data and found out that there was a significant return on investment. Okay, then uh, we actually noticed while we were doing the matchback analysis that there was that was a lot of next door neighbors were included in there. You know, when you send someone a lot of catalogs, back in the early days of computers, we would we people were trying to justify what's called merge purge, where you where you find only one household, you know, you might have a lot of households in your mailing list, uh, in your customer list, because people, you know, the husband buys and then the wife buys and that might look like two customers and then they might spell their name wrong or the telesales person is typing it in wrong or they get the address slightly different and so you get these duplicates and so we would get complaints saying why did you send me six catalogs on the same day and that sort of thing and the argument for merge purge was always that it was better to send a second household a mailing than it was to send two to the same household but well when we actually looked at the data it didn't support this it <laughs> It was just as good to send two to a to a customer or a prospect that was in multiple mailing lists. Uh, it did not increase the response rate to send it to a, a less interested prospect, okay? And uh, because one of the things that happens magically is you get pass along. Somebody comes over to their house, we speculated and said, these are cool, where'd you get this? And then they hand them a catalog. And so we would then gather the information you know, and we say, well, this is a new catalog. This a different, it's a different shipping address, but it was just next door. And we found when we took that into account, it was a 900% return on investment. Okay, so for every dollar, we got almost $10 of profit, EBITDA profit, and about $30 of increased sales. For every $1 we spent on a catalog. Okay, huge pass along. When we found out it was that profitable, we said, "You know we should be testing this, we should be testing offers uh in especially in terms of traffic building and so we started testing some offers. we found there were four offers they typically used, and one of them did better than the others we put together okay and then uh Brian delette at l s came in and said, you should be doing retargeting with mail for people to visit the website because they were doing television. They were doing, you know, like in Boston, they had five stores, so they were doing that market, and they were driving traffic to the web for information, and we could take those, or Brian could take those, and find their address and send them an invitation to come to the store, and that really put, uh, and here's again, here's one of the later catalogs that we worked on a little bit. Uh, Here's some of the offers that we're testing uh, and um, so we had the scientific method, observation. What did you see? What did you expect to see? What do you think caused the difference? And um, businesses are built on discovery and new ideas, okay? The offer testing had very, very positive results. And we found we could drive a lot more traffic to the to the uh, stores. And, yeah, yeah is amazing. This shop we just band. got her. The shot we just got might be the one right, this is Sean. What do you do at LoveSack? Founder we, uh, this is Patrick. Work as a team to grow the business. Biggest growth year of LoveSack ever, at least in modern history. Uh, honestly, I would say most of it is due to these guys. Like the marketing department at LoveSack has prop- and the and you know, the the way that they've um, strategized and then spent money very carefully with uh, really great returns has driven this business to like home level yeah no joke and okay so then in the in the couple of years that we worked with them the sales basically doubled from about 50 million up to 100 million in just a few years and they went public and um what that can show what that shows you is that mail gives you a foundation a research foundation that's unparalleled why we can model with mail because we know who we were gonna mail <clears throat> we know that the mail gets delivered we know that it goes to a decision maker it forces a decision okay it forces a decision to either buy save it or throw it away but even that throw it away is a greater engagement than than any digital response because digital throws It throws itself away. You can ignore it and it goes away. Mail will not do that. Okay? And what that gives us is a null set. It tells us who engaged and didn't buy. And from that, we can see key differentiating factors, machine learning, key differentiating factors between the buyers and the non-buyers, where we know who engaged, and you can't get that from digital marketing. And then you can leverage it in your TV and digital, drive more traffic, and... Make the whole thing more efficient, which is what Sean appreciated from what we had done in those three years. Okay. Willing to spend millions on ERP and big data, but little on testing. Okay. Testing is the key to seeing. It gives you context and meaning. And always test with the objective to take action. Always test something. Testing makes you money. And each media has has strengths and weaknesses for testing, but especially mail. Okay, so thank you for that. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.